Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash comedy podcast network. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Everybody and welcome to the sports, sports, sports podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. I don't know anything about sports. With the new jingle, yeah. Well, haven't we had that for all 171 episodes? No, we haven't. No. And you've oh. also never been. I feel like when we introduce you as a sports outsider, it almost begs a brought to you by. Right, you've it does never feel been like sponsored. Why don't you I'm, go out and hustle, get a sponsorship? Because yeah. I'm the only person who will sponsor me is Ed Hardy. And I just can't get myself to wear such busy designs. <laughs> can't do it. That's Fair. true. Phil has always been a minimalist in his, his preferences. What's your favorite pattern that you would say in a shirt? Oh, uh, uh, cardigan? Is that a pattern? I think it's a type of shirt. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think you mean like art, maybe tea. argyle? T. Is that a, a design? Mine is plaid. Yes, Joel. Yours is plaid. Johnny Manziel, update, watch, update. Johnny Manziel, update, watch, update. Brought to you by... Manziel's, put your man boobs in a Manziel today. Johnny Manziel will participate in organized team activities. That's fun. Editor's note, this was determined to be marginally more newsworthy than numerous articles speculating about Tim Tebow's role on the Eagles. Ew. That's good. This was beat it, This beat that this out. This won. This so came what, in first uh, place. What was it? Was it uh, Monopoly? Oh, organized team activities. Where was it? Was it like a crafts thing? Were they making little uh, log cabins out of popsicle sticks? Phil, you got you got a pitch. <laughs> Did they do the thing where they all grasped arms inside of a big cluster, and then they had a hula hoop, and they had to untangle the hula hoop from themselves? You were closer. Nice, I win. <laughs> Johnny the Football Manzel will participate in Tuesday's OTAs. It's just what NFL players call organized team activities. There we go. Yeah. But then actually nerd NFL reporters started calling them OTAs too. So the players started calling them something else, but they stopped saying it anytime the reporters get close because they don't want them to find out. That's smart. What about ODAs? We don't know if that's it. Adam Schefter reported it might be org TX. <laughs> but then an NFL player reached for comments and said, see, this is why we can't tell you. You'll just ruin it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, so Johnny Manziel will be a participant in these activities. Participant. It's actually the most generous way you can describe Johnny's first year with the Browns. Oh! Ouch! Yeah, meow. <laughs> Though it should be noted he did, he would not win any formal participation awards because they take into account attendance. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's tough. Uh, Coach Mike Pettin, though, says uh, McCown is the favorite to start. Stressing football is an afterthought to Manziel's health. And it's just good to see Johnny walking around uh, the team facility. I feel like any NFL head coach who has to say the words... I think John McCa or Josh McCown is our, our most probable starter. I think that takes like a year off your life immediately. <laughs> like I feel like whoever coached for, for, for Tampa last year is is going to die at like 55. You Ooh, know? things got morbid up yeah. in here. I know, but it's just, you know, he's saying it's, it's health is second. It's just great to see Johnny walking around the team facility. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of uh, Johnny Walker. 
Ooh, some yeah. really good stuff. If you're yeah. young and wealthy and got some disposable disposable income, yeah, yeah get the del- black label. Yeah, get, oh, get the blue you label. You got a few million oh, yeah. dollars in like a yeah. yeah like grab that, that blue label. You know, stuff. it's a delicious yeah. spirit. Just oh, drink I it smooth. out of a stripper's age, belly button. Age sixty years. Yeah. So you know? Anyway, so the Browns. Sorry, the Browns have a plan for Manziel, who is working with quarterback uh, Josh McCown. Connor Shaw and Thad Lewis in non-contact drills. They'll be airing it out, throwing some bombs. And oh man, you know what's great when you're hungover and mm. need some energy is yeah. Jaeger bombs. Yeah, really? that stuff wakes yeah, you up. Yeah, you know, a little it hair you, of the dog and yeah, the energy you get drink? a little alcohol. Okay. You know, it takes the edge off and you get the energy. Shot, yeah. shot, 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 shot. I like mine with lots of Jaeger. There we go. <laughs> uh, of course, this will be uh, Johnny's first time throwing since his 10-week stay in rehab, which is double the amount of weeks he saw game action last season. <laughs> Whoa! Say double, you know a double of uh, any alcohol in the rock sure sounds oh, nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's I mean a nice especially tall drink. Especially Irish you, whiskey for me. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're not supposed to have it, you got to really load up when no one's looking and Ooh, order a double yeah. and slam it real quick just to help you get through a family oh, dinner. Like when you're 13 years old and you have to sneak it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. God, and the way that just that that first sip just. Mm. You, taste, you taste the grain in the whiskey oh, it yeah. slips over and it's that sweet oaky. burn. Uh, yeah. I'll take three, please. All of a sudden everything everything just relaxes in a way that you just you can't You feel hold. numb to yeah. judging eyes. Yeah. You know? All the stress in the world just dissipates. You get a little tummy gasm. You know, a tum- why did everyone stop there? You get a tummy gasm. But his teammates are praising uh Johnny's new attitude. They say it's really washed the bad taste out of their mouths from last season. And actually, you know, if you're in a pinch and you're underage or, you know, surrounded by people who are making sure you don't drink, you can always slam a liter of mouthwash. Yeah, oh, that gets yeah. you a little yeah, yeah, that totally works. Like a yeah. liter of it. Not, not Robitussin. That's RoboTrim. But, you know, mouthwash will get you drunk. That's true. That's, that's, true. that's yeah. something. Good. You know, like I said, if you're surrounded by people who are making sure you can't drink. Yeah. Mouthwash, maybe something you can sneak. Yeah, it, does, it makes me think about the way that, like, you know, when you when you chase a shot of whiskey with a beer, how it's just that perfect, that perfect compromise, right? You, yeah, you're not. I mean, bad taste maybe isn't the right way to put it, but but you get the the burn of the shot and you really feel it. But then the the cool soothing sip of beer just sort of yeah smooths yeah. over the harshness of the shot, and then all of a sudden you're you're buzzing, you're feeling. You take good. your pants off. It's great. Got, got most Man. of that beard left too, so you can just you can sip that. Just forget about tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's not like he was before. Last season, Johnny Manziel was kind of off on his own. He had a sort of isolation uh, propensity, and. Um, Actually, you know, that makes me think of, uh, you know, isopropyl alcohol? Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to drink it. Really not at all. But if they've got you on lockdown and they've taken away your mouthwash and your aerosol cans, I yeah. mean, what have you got to lose here, you know? I mean, it's got to be strong, so you probably only need a little isopropyl alcohol, yeah, right? Yeah, drink something. Oh, boy. But you know what? The <sighs> Actually, the most cost-efficient way to get alcohol, a lot of homeless people do this, vanilla extract. Oh, I thought you were going to say beg for it. <laughs> Johnny Manziel, update, watch, update. Johnny Manziel, update, watch, update. Brought to you by... Manziel's put your man boobs in a Manziel today. What do we got in the show this week? We got Derek Jeter. Whoa. Oh, Derek Jeter's back. Again. Uh, I'm excited to meet him. I was not here the last time he was here. I did not meet him. It was Valentine's Day show. You were lost in the desert. Yeah. And I was about to be lost in the desert again. I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm really excited to meet Derek Jeter. I just yeah. have this image of him, this pristine. Jordan, I would. Know, uh, no, Jordan, uh, I such would. Such a great ball player. Just, like, he's uh, the guy you look at and you Jordan, think that's a ball player. I know you missed the last one. Just uh, maybe prepare yourself to to get maybe a different side of Jeter than the one that you oh, used to. I just yeah. love the captain. Jeter, okay. baby. He looks like a Muppet. So smooth 
out there in the yeah. field. Anyway. Uh, it should be noted we're also going to take a look at uh, the the curious case of John Lester, Ooh, right? Who has, like Benjamin who Button, not throw to first base. Something that teams have been picking up on and 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 stealing like mad against him. Yeah. So we're going to go over uh, some of the reasons why John Lester might not be thrown to first base. Ooh, is it like a Letterman style top ten list? It is a Letterman style top. Oh, oh boy! See already, Dave. Oh boy! Seven top seven list. Oh. Dave would be disappointed. Very disappointed. He'd be like, oh, we're missing three. And then Paul would be like, ah, I'm missing three. Yeah, you know like, what? Those, those you know are the three funny ones, too. We will, we, will, we will ad-lib three more, and we will make this a top ten list, see if you can identify which ones are ad-lib. Ah, I love it. Yeah. So in honor in honor of Letterman, who just recently had his last show, it's, yeah. it's the top ten reasons why John Lester won't throw to first. Yeah, he did. And uh, do we have a wide world of weird sports? You're goddamn right we do. Thanks, Phil. Anytime. News, news, news. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Aaron Hernandez gets sent to prison jail. What? That's worse than regular jail. A sub-headline, that's when they call it when you get in trouble in prison, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. He's in the hole? Yeah. Ooh. Way down in the hole. Or as we called it back in Metro Detroit, timeout corner. Yeah. (laughs) Bad, bad times. (laughs) Urban Meyer train killer, Aaron Hernandez, is in trouble in prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. That joke never gets old. No. Nope. Oh, this is bad news. You're already in prison. To most people, that's the most trouble you can get into, right? You're yeah. in prison. That's it. There's no more trouble you can get into. It's pretty bad. But if you get in trouble in prison, you go to prison jail. Yeah. Anyway, so who's involved? What's that Netflix show coming out? <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds Prison jail would be an awesome Netflix show. What people don't understand about the American penal system is it's actually... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, guys. Tell me about your American it's actually, penile it's system. Like, it's like Russian dolls, you know? That, like, you, you pull one off, and it's like... Because if you get in trouble in prison jail, you go to prison jail, jail. If you get in trouble in prison jail, jail, you go to prison jail, jail, jail. No, no, no. Then oh. it becomes a prison again. Yeah. Then it becomes oh, federal prison. again. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but, but that's the thing is the whole, the whole thing is an interlocking system of places they send you when you've once again committed a violent crime. Thank you for the exposition, Joel. <laughs> yes. I was, I was worried this segment was going to be going... <laughs> That's where the segment was going to go slow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he was involved in a prison fight. Was he the aggressor? Was he defending himself against attack? Was he repping his new prison gang? No, no, and probably. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Tough guy Aaron Hernandez for this fight was the lookout guy. Oh, boo. From, from the safety of this podcast, Studio, Studio, Studio. Yep. I think we should all mock him. Let's do it. Oh, tough guy. Killed three people. Now I'm a lookout guy. Oh, my eyes work. Aaron Hernandez is so looky-loo. Clap, clap, clap. Oh, footsteps. I think someone's coming. Everybody hide. They counted to ten. (laughs) Hide and go seek. (laughs) So Hernandez is the lookout man, while one inmate went into another inmate's cell to fight him. It is believed to be gang-related. Okay. So this is where I might have been jumped the gun Mm. by calling him a pussy for being a lookout guy. Right. Because when you're in prison and you join a gang, you're not going to be an enforcer or a leader overnight. No, it takes work. You got to work your way up. Start out as lookout guy. Maybe do some work as mule guy. Yep. yep. You know, maybe you kill it as toilet wine guy. Ooh. Make some really passable toilet wine. I would mm-hmm. stay at that role. <laughs> You'd just be like a yeah distiller. I'd be the, the chef of toilet wine, the sommelier. Oh, the toilet wine sommelier. Yeah. I think we should have them on for an interview. We should, one of these days. Uh, you know, and then you might maybe become the money guy. Ooh. That's the, he collects his cell taxes. Yeah, he's the one that watches Entourage too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, get it guy. You get to be get it guy. Mm-hmm. And then maybe leader notices you, you know, your hard work and your management material. Right, exactly. Um, all three men are uh, believed to be disciplined over the incident. Or being in, Oh, they are being disciplined over the incident, with Aaron Hernandez being put in a special management section of the prison. Okay. That's the timeout corner. We oh, I thought you meant management yeah. section as in they had him slated as for in management. they were like, no. see how quickly he became a lookout? We're putting this guy on management track. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be a world-class narc. Yeah. If yeah. he can look out, he's just one step away from telling us what's going wrong. It's yeah. a fact, Jack. <laughs> if he's... If he's... <laughs> All right, so Christopher Fallon, a spokesperson for the Massachusetts uh, Department of Correction, declined to comment saying regulations forbid him from a devolving information of that kind about inmates. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Come on, you're in jail. You get a free gym membership. You got cable TV. At least give us some of that dirt. We're owed that. Yeah. We're owed some of that gossip, some of that juice, some of that hugo. Oz has not been on the air in a long time. we got to get our fix. Yeah, we're stuck with Orange is the New Black. Not doing it. No. Nope. Not doing it. No, not good enough. Uh, on Thursday, a judge may set a trial date for Hernandez's double murder trial in Boston for the Good. deaths that occurred in July 2012. On Friday, uh, he was lauded for his work as lookout guy and was approved uh, for promotion to prison rape holder down guy. Oh. Yeah, so he's already moving his way up in the game. You should be careful, though, because here's the thing. I imagine if you were awaiting trial for a double homicide yeah. and while in jail you commit a double homicide... It doesn't bode well for the... He's not going to commit a double. He's just going to be the holder-down guy. He's holding down the fort. He's using one or two guys to hold down... I don't think you can hold down Aaron Hernandez, okay? I think he's a fast riser. I'm just worried... No, no, he's holding the person down. No, I get it. I was using using that language to say that... that You were being figurative. He's a fast riser, yeah. I see. That was a very clever joke. Fast riser was not not a rape reference. We really appreciate... That contribution to the podcast. <laughs> yes. We're going to mark that one down. <laughs> You're up for a promotion. Oh, can you put it on the whiteboard for the best <laughs> yeah, of episode? Do I, get, do, <laughs> do I get another gold star for that, guys? I think you do. Yeah, you do. I've gotten so many gold stars. Finally, we'll cover up the storm cloud that we put on after the last time you were funny. Coming to you now from the home office in Okemos, Michigan. The top ten reasons... Why John Lester won't throw to first. As we know, John Lester has not thrown to first base in, what, three seasons now? Something like that, Something yes. like that. Refuses to throw to first base to hold runners. Here are top ten reasons why he refuses to throw to first. Okay. This refuses is going to be funny. Throw yeah. To, yeah. Refuses to throw to all first to check the runners. All these are brilliant. Hey, guys. Number John, ten. Number, number ten. ten. Uh, he has nobly fallen on the sword for an unfortunate string of first basemen who are just terrible at catching. Ah, that's, terrible at catching. That's yeah. right. That's reasonable. That's yeah. reasonable. I'm being Paul Schaefer. I know. I got it. All right. Every, <laughs> everyone's focusing on him, but really it's the first baseman. Ha ha! <laughs> okay. Uh, number nine. He's OCD. He has to slap his glove three times and turn around before he can throw to first every time. Uh, and by the time he does, it's always too late. Whoa! Obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Wait. You skipped eight. Number eight. <laughs> uh, one time, while playing baseball with friends as kids, John Lester threw the ball to the first baseman. 
who took it and ran home, effectively ending the game. Whoa. Bad sport. (laughs) (laughs) Traumatization. Childhood traumatization. Doesn't want a repeat of that. Number seven. He is horribly farsighted. Nah, I don't get that one. <laughs> He's unable to see the first base. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, throw it to him. Right. He, he couldn't he see him. Yeah. That was the joke. Couldn't see him. Uh, number six. Part of an elaborate art installation. You ever guys ever really thought about why you throw to first base? Ah, first base. <laughs> throw to first base. Yeah, I have. It's to get, make sure the runner knows that you're looking at him. Is it, Jordan? Is it? Yeah. Mirror on society. All right. or, or, <laughs> number five. He just keeps forgetting. You know, like when you... Ah, you, <laughs> he forgot. All you right. really need laundry detergent, uh, but every time you're driving home, as you're driving past the store, your mind's just blank. You're not thinking about it. And then as soon as you get back to the house, you're like, oh, crap, forgot to buy laundry detergent again. So that's him getting back to the dugout. Exactly. Ah, oh, the, oh, the soul of wit. Huh. <laughs> Number four. Theo Epstein has developed a complicated sabermetric algorithm to demonstrate how throwing to first actually reduces your expected run scored by 0.017 each time you do it. He would. Ah, Jonah Hill. All right. (laughs) He would. He would do that. Absolutely. Number three. Uh, He has a phobia. You know, and really the way that the media has mocked him for this is a real sign that we have a long way to go in having a society that is truly accepting of mental illness. Whoa, never forget. (laughs) All right. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, number two. Finally got around to watching the Who's On First skit, and it really freaked him out. Whoa. (laughs) He had an existential crisis. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Every time he thinks, I should throw it to first, and he goes, wait, who's on first? And then, so to avoid that, yeah. Complicated joke, yeah. And finally, (laughs) the number one reason why John Lester doesn't throw to first. Just doesn't care anymore. I mean, he's, he's on the Cubs, guys. He's on the Cubs. Of course he doesn't. That went brilliantly. <laughs> okay, joining us now on the podcast, uh, once again, the one, the only, the captain, Derek Jeter. Hello, gentlemen. It's good to be here. Hey, Number Derek two, Jeter. Yes. Mr. It November. Is, it is such an honor to meet you. I am such a big fan of yours. I'm a big baseball fan, and I think you are You are baseball. You were oh. baseball. Well, thank you. I, oh, I'm sorry. I almost grabbed your boobs. Uh, no, Usually I, I after hearing no. that, I grab some boobs. I don't have boobs. Either. Right. I know. Masculine, I noticed halfway through. Masculine pecs I have. Usually but. I'm hearing that from sexy ladies, grabbing their boobs, passing on my herpes. Haven't even asked really, the question yet. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I don't. I really let's let's. I, I don't Do want to hear that. Thank you. Bring I love your herpes when you're talking to the ladies. As often as possible, the good hurt. <laughs> well, I really want to talk about what you're doing because this sure, is the first sure. time you haven't been playing baseball since you were five. Yes, yeah, first season of retirement. Oh yeah. And I know I miss you in the major leagues. I think baseball was better when you were there. They, you know, you were one of guy in the. Yankees oh, I'm sorry. Like, I tried to grab your butt. I apologize. Jesus, would you be careful? No, that? usually I really when like... I when somebody says I miss you, that's what I do. I say, "Don't worry, I'll be back tonight." I Leave know, the but... door unlocked. Again. Leave your panties on the shelf. I think baseball miss. Nope. Don't. Sorry. Don't. Don't. What are What are you doing now in the off season? What? Am, oh, now well, or in season? What are you doing? I'm taking a lot of time for myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Self-reflection? And whoever else is around. I'm taking a lot of time for those women, too. No, this you want to hear about my average day. Yeah, yeah. yeah walk me through it. All right. I wake up in the morning. I push the naked, virile bodies off of me. Okay. Usually six or seven. Virile? 
are they virile? Oh yeah. Is this oh like, they're virile? It's as like, in as in potent sexually yes. ma- men. What? <laughs> that's what that's what virile means. Nope they're they're <laughs> ladies. They're virile ladies. Okay. Sexually right. potent like men, but ladies. Okay. Push them aside, and then usually they're like, uh, "Hey, come back to bed." Only they say it in lady voices, and I go, "You've been herped." <laughs> And I point with finger guns and go. <laughs> Derek. Yep. I'm sorry. That that is that is is. They always far, laugh. They is, always laugh. They probably would because I don't think they do you, they realize that you're being serious. It's an awkward laugh. Yeah. Do you think do they ever do they have do they laugh and then say follow up question? Are you being serious? No. I usually I'm out of there before they can say anything. I say it as I'm walking out the door like I'm a sitcom. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say oh, that is gosh, by far that's... the least oh. sensitive way I've ever heard for informing someone that they've just been infected with a sexually transmitted disease. It could be. Absolutely possible. <laughs> then I make my way to the kitchen okay. where my chef is usually there preparing a, a protein rich breakfast. Right. My chef of course being named Candy Naked. Chef Candy uh-huh. Naked. Okay. Perhaps you've eaten at her restaurant. Though, of course you haven't. She's not a chef. I found her on the street of Sunset Boulevard. Wow. All yep. right. Okay. But she made me breakfast one morning before I woke up, and I'm like, you want a job? She's like, low job? And I'm like, yes, please. And then she never left. Right. Yep. That's That sums up my morning. Okay. Uh, then, generally, I, I will go to uh, the store, go shopping. I like to do that by myself. All right. All right you go to the yeah. store. What, what time is it now? Uh, this is about 9.30 in the morning. Okay. Yep. And then usually I just stand in the cucumber aisle and I hold it up and every woman that walks by I just go, get it. <laughs> okay. And Get it. Yeah. And so usually I'm coming home with another six or seven women at that time. Are they, uh, the previous six or seven, have they been cleared out? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. There's a Zamboni that comes through my bedroom. It kind of brushes them all out just the door. Just brush them all out. But hey, these six or seven women are not just objects that I come home with. Really, After my it's, trip it's, to the it's really store. a Zamboni, huh? That's a good joke. That's a quality. That's a really good joke. And then usually the women uh, walk into the front uh, uh, door and I go like, uh, all right, well, uh, does anyone want to play a game of catch? Catch my herpes. <laughs> they all laugh. Right. Yep. Right. The ones that stick around then, I give them my herpes. So you gave them an out, I it's, guess. It's, I gave them an out. It's interesting that you refer to it not as you make love to them, you have sex with them, you fuck them. Oh, it's you, not about love. You give them your herpes. That's yes. the phrase that you chose to use in describing It's a little piece end. of me that I leave behind. <laughs> so it's like they can ha- have a little bit of Derek Jeter forever. They can have a little bit of Derek Jeter forever. Weeping, sore, oozing Derek Jeter. <laughs> forever. I mean, it does. That's a lasting legacy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and, and legacy, important to a guy like you. Right. And then usually after that, uh, we're now like uh, 12.31. Okay. I'll go fishing for poontang. <laughs> yep. I take out my rod and I cast it far. You, you literally use a rod. My penis. No, no, it's I my penis. Okay. penis. Rod is my penis. Yeah. And uh, usually that takes up the rest of my day. Then the, the cycle continues like the Elton wow. John song, Circle of Life. It's the... Cycle of herpes. I that's a good joke too. And I'll it use gives it. them sores. Now, have, yep. you, have you tried like things like Valtrex or something that can maybe limit uh, and maybe make your herpes less painful? That sort you of you know thing? that makes me sad for you to say that, Jordan. Why? Why? Don't don't cover up who you really are. Don't hide your true spirit in a bushel basket. Well, no, I think it's important to be let who it, you are. Let it shine. It's an interesting way to interpret. And what it. I am is a uh, a man 
riddled with herpes. Right. Just too many. Really, a lot of herpes. <laughs> if I were to take that away, that would be losing a part of Jeter. Yep. I'm Jeter. You're that Jordan, a part of Jeter. That yep. Really, that, I a mean. A fundamental part of Jeter that cannot be separated from the other parts of Jeter. I know, yeah. that really, it makes me hard. It makes Do you me know that there's a your... 20% chance that I've had sex with your girlfriend? Statistically. <laughs> Statistically. There's a 20% chance, if she is a human woman yeah. on Earth, that maybe you got a little part of my herpes too. That uh, That comes from Bill James. So are you yeah, sabermetrics? <laughs> have you, are you ever worried about catching any other STDs? Oh wow, I never really thought about it. I mean, you've really been I've, focused on herpes and the many different. I mean, I assume you have different strands of herpes. Strands oh, of I'm herpes. sure. Got to catch them all. Um, yeah, I well for a long time I thought that if you had one STD, you couldn't catch other ones. <laughs> like the you, like you, because you had herpes, your you, inventory is full. If you said <laughs> you're over encumbered, right? You, you now know time, that that is scientifically false. For right? a yes, long time, you I mean, mean be false. I read science magazines when I'm banging a chemist. So oftentimes, I'll put the magazine on her back. Okay, I'm so yep. sad for these apparently accomplished professional women who still. I'm a very attractive man. That's true. and successful. Yeah. You know, Joel, there's a 20% chance I've had sex with every female in your family. Or at least one of them. How many females are in your family? Now you said statistically. Two. There's two? Then there's a 40% chance that I've that had sex with That is not how math your... works. That is. No, that's really how it works. That is true. not how it works. That is 40% chance, yes. Uh, so, I mean, here's the thing. You're, you're describing this day to us. I want, I want to finish the day, but when, when do you get to updating your blog? Oh, of course, my blog. I don't write that. Oh, no? No, that's written by my uh, in-house biographer. The, the, the Fifty Shades of Herpes? <laughs> yes, Fifty Shades of Herpes. It's actually written by my in-house biographer. Oh, okay. Um, it's usually just things that I yell out during sex that she transcribes <laughs> while I'm having sex with her. More of a tumbler. It's more of a tumbler, yes. Yeah. It's really well thought out because, frankly, uh, I uh, actually function better while having sex since that's my equilibrium state. Right. When I'm not having sex, it's like the way that you guys would act well having sex. So you're just... Wait, what? Yes. I don't... <laughs> because my natural state is having sex. Okay. I am more comfortable going about my day while having sex than not having sex. Is that why... I mean, we can't... You're sitting at a table. Is there... Is there some... Oh, my... Jesus. Oh, yep. Crying out loud. Yeah, I found her in the the alley. Respect. No, she is very Did she you, is very respectful. Whatever her, her name is. You're going to get. You know, this might be one of your brides someday. She said she she, she said she already had herpes. Actually, okay. there you go. That, it's a win win. Did she already have herpes because this is not the first time that she's done this? I don't know. Is this the first time you've done this? Nah, her mouth is full. Yep. Uh, so that's what life is like after baseball. Um, oh, speaking of which, I do sometimes practice with the team. Really? Every once in a while, I'll what step you, in and practice with the team. Really? You still go by Yankee Stadium, that sort of thing? Oh, no. I'm talking about gangbangs. Oh. Yep. I call that practicing with the team because they're there and we're practicing something. Here's and thing, practice Jordan. makes perfect. Every time he says something, Jordan, you, you, you think and hope that it's going to be something else. I really else. do. You're, you're one of my heroes, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I mean, I still have a lot of love for the game. The fucking game. Yeah, see, you gotta wait for it. Gotta what? Wait a second. I'm just. It's just so. It's just so hard to hear that that someone that someone I love so much. I the one thing I wanted to take away from you was that you know you were just a great uh, clean ball nope. player. Not clean. 
was a great ball player riddled with herpes. Literally riddled. Yeah. Is, does that mean that like your herpes are asking you, you know, strange open-ended questions? Oh yeah. I often say, "Hey, riddle me this herpes. Who's riddled with herpes?" <laughs> My herpes know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, of course. I do notice that in, in addition to your lip, you do have herpy-like things on your like earlobes and that sort of thing. Those are herpes oh, yeah. as well? Yes, I've had sex. They're not with... supposed to get up there. No, probably not. I'll be dead soon. <laughs> oh. Dead right. of herpes. Thank you very much, Derek Jeter. It's a pleasure to fuck here. For you, the listeners of Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend a wonderful book called The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Joel saw the movie. He said that it was okay. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash comedypodcastnetwork for your free audiobook. And now it's time for another wide world of Weird Sports! Wide world of weird sports. What in the name of two dicks in your face do we got this week? Weird! This week's wide world of weird sports after that amazing intro. Weird! Rope-a-dope! Oh! Rope-a-dope! Is this a variation on tug-of-war or the boxing thing? Uh, a, the rope-a-dope is a boxing fighting yeah. style commonly associated with Muhammad Ali in his 1974 Rumble in the Jungle match against George Foreman. Classic. The Grill Man Foreman. Uh, in competitive situations other than boxing, rope-a-dope is used to describe strategies in which one party purposefully puts itself in what appears to be a losing position, Joel, attempting, therefore, to become the eventual victor. Oh, yeah. I assume that's what you've been doing your whole life? <laughs> been putting yourself in a losing been position? rope-a-doping the world. One of these days, you guys are all going to get really, really exhausted of constantly making fun of me. And then I'm going to start firing back with my witty barbs. Oh, yeah. That's how I'm going to spend my retirement. <laughs> uh, origin of the term, according to Angelo Dundee, who apparently is a person. The idea for the strategy used against Foreman was suggested to Ali by boxing photographer George Kalinsky, who told him, hey, why don't you try something like that? Sort of uh, dope on the ropes, letting Foreman swing away, but like in the picture, hit nothing but air. That's what Angelo said. Okay. Yeah. So he came up with it. Publicist uh, John Condon then polished the phrase into rope-a-dope because he's good at making things. He's a writer. Right. He took something, uh, presumably a Polish photographer said. Right. Exactly. And made it coherent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. The rope-a-dope is performed by a boxer assuming the protected stance in Ali's classic pose, lying against the ropes, which allows much of the punch's energy to be absorbed by the rope's oh. elasticity. Rather than the boxer's body, just kind of like oh, that's you turn into like the wavy flag guy outside of car dealerships. You just kind of go with the breeze. Oh, that that's kind of brilliant. I didn't know that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, 
so uh, while allowing his opponent to hit him, providing only enough counter attack to avoid the referee thinking the boxer's no longer able to continue and thus ending the match via technical knockout. So you got to fight just enough. Just enough. Just a little bit. Just, Un poquito. It's like how when you take a class, uh, pass, fail. The plan is to cause the opponent to punch himself out and make mistakes, which the boxer can then exploit in a counterattack. Boom. Yeah, very smart. Notable fights! The maneuver is most commonly associated with the match between Ali and Foreman, known as the Rumble and Jungle. Foreman was considered by many observers to be favored to win the fight due to his superior punching power. Mm-hmm. Because he was eating lean meats from the George Foreman grill. <laughs> with protein with for protein, punching power. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, during the match, Ali purposefully angered Foreman, provoking the latter to attack and force him back on the ropes. At the time, some observers thought that Ali was being horribly beaten and worried that they might see him get killed in the ring. George Foreman was a very scary man. He's a big guy. Should be noted, yeah. Writer George Plimpton, not George Foreman, described Ali's stance as like a man leaning out his window trying to see something on his roof. You know, the George Plimpton grill never really took off. Never took off, yeah. No, it didn't. Uh, Paper grill. (laughs) Didn't work. Didn't didn't work. (laughs) Exactly. However, far from being brutalized, Ali was relatively protected from Foreman's blows. Norman Mailer described the advantage uh, of Ali's rope-a-dope this way. Standing on one feet, it is painful to absorb a heavy body punch even when blocked with one's arm. The torso, the legs, and the spine take the shock. Leaning on the ropes, however... Observer uh, Ali can pass it along. The rope can receive the strain. Hell of a tweet by Norman Mailer. Yeah. yeah, a lot of famous Incredible writers really care. Who used to be into boxing. Yeah, Ali's preparation for the fight, which involved toughening himself up by allowing his sparring partners to pummel him, contributed to the observer's sense that Ali was being outmatched. But when Foreman became tired from the beating he was delivering, Ali took advantage and won the match. Absolutely. That's the kind of training I could do. Just be like, beat the shit out of me. I don't yeah. fucking care. So he won, the, did he win by the, knockout? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because that's, that's in like the ninth round, I want to say. Because basically, like if you do rope-a-dope, you're banking on a knockout. Right. Yeah. You because you're absorbing you so many out, punches yeah, you, that you, technically you are going to lose if they're keeping score. Right. True. <laughs> So it is a bit of a gamble. Uh, Manny Pacquiao skillfully used the strategy to gauge uh, the power of welterweight titleist Miguel Cotto. In November 2009, Pacquiao followed up the rope-a-dope gambit with a withering takedown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Withering. Ugh. How was that? How was that? How would you describe that takedown? Uh, like so, like a flower that withers. You can also you can rope-a-dope in non-boxing, too. My all-time favorite was, I think, the 2001 Tour de France, where Lance Armstrong pretended that he was suffering on the climb up the Alpe d'Huez, causing Yan Ulrich and his team to attack. And then at the final moment, Lance, like, pulled up there, and in what's now known as the look, he looked back, locked eyes with Yan Ulrich, and then took off up the mountain to win by a bunch. You guys don't appreciate the finer things in life. Jordan, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. We're doing a podcast. And that brings us down to another wide world of weird sports. You guys are jerks. You guys are huge jerks. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings the close on our sports. Sports. Sports podcast. Before we go... 
Derek Jeter is going to give you our contact information. Hey, I'm back. All right. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud by going to SoundCloud.com slash Sports Number 3 Podcast. That's SoundCloud.com slash Sports Number 3 Podcast. While you're there, uh, subscribe, comment, and maybe scratch your herpes sores. You can find you're us You're not on... supposed to scratch them. I'm, I think you're not supposed oh, to. Oh, I always scratch. It feels great. There's, right. It's um... another kind of good hurt. We can go ahead and throw that pen away then. You can find us on uh, Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. Twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. While you're there, uh, make sure to tweet. Uh, make sure to favorite tweets and retweet. And uh, maybe find someone else uh, and ask them whether or not they've had sex with me. 20% chance? It's a yes. 10% when you consider the male population. 10% chance. You can also find us on Patreon.com uh, slash Sports Number 3 Podcast. While you're there, please donate. Keep this podcast going. It ain't free, and these people are too broke to get a decent STD. Sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. You did I'm just not really? having sex right now, and it made me a little cranky. You seem a little foggy. A little, little foggy, yes. No, it's not, 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 not an insult. I'm right. fine without the herps. Cool. Thank you, Derek. Of course. Hey guys. Hey Joel. Joel. Just wanted to say that the uh the Giro d'Italia is really cool right now. Alberto Contador is up by fifteen seconds after today. Are you are you reading are, are you talking about, about bicycles? You sound like you're reading a foreign newspaper or something. I am talking about bicycles, guys. Lights off. You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit ComedyPodcastNetwork.com.